this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another episode of the in focus podcast i am your host g sampad the dashera festivities are here and so are the dashera processions in mysore like every year this time too the elephant abhimanyu will carry the 750 kg golden howdah and lead the procession abhimanyu is 59 years old and this could be one of the last times he performs his annual duty while people love temple elephants and pachyderms like abhimanyu are an integral part of religious rituals it is nonetheless a fact that elephants are wild animals and their transition to life in captivity is rarely without distress and suffering in this episode of in focus we look at the life trajectory of abhimanyu and the larger issues around human elephant conflict in the context of temple elephants for instance how healthy are their living premises and is there oversight over how the mahouts treat them are they allowed to interact with other elephants to discuss all these questions we have with us wildlife conservationist vinod krishnan from humane society international vinod thank you so much for joining us thanks papad thank you so vinod to start with i was just wondering if you can just quickly take us through the life history or life trajectory of abhimanyu from his birth when he was obviously a wild elephant to begin with from his birth in the wild to his capture and then his life in captivity what is it like right uh, well so we have uh, you know information that abhimanyu was captured somewhere around the late 1970s from nagarhole and uh, he was apparently a young elephant he was found solitary he was not part of any herd and the reason for his capture was uh, basically to haul timber now if you remember those days uh, there were no heavy machinery right so all the heavy lifting uh, all the timber work was done by these captive elephants and there was definitely a huge demand for having captive elephants uh, for state owned camps and that is the reason why abhimanyu was captured and eventually taken into captivity and trained so he was apparently captured in this uh, area called hebbale which is a part of nagarhole uh, larger tiger reserve and uh, the reason was timber work so abhimanyu has been known to be like really hard working and he's uh, over the years really become this uh, you know celebrity star elephant um, in the state of karnataka where every household kind of knows his name and really popular amongst forest department also to carry out various activities not just i mean started off with timber but of course he's been part of several radio collaring operations uh combing operation of tigers uh and also assisting in capture of other wild elephants so he's really uh been in the front line for the forest department for many years being the really the star elephant uh, uh, amongst many others in across very uh, many other camps right so he's been at the forefront of uh, forest department uh, uh, operations as you said so at what point uh, did he go from working for the forest department to working for temples for dashera processions and so on how did that happen right so uh, historically if you uh, look at it uh, dashras i mean it has uh, more than 400 year old history and uh, 
for many years there have been uh, you know forest departments elephants that have participated in the dasara there are many other prominent names if i go back in time before abhimanyu there is arjuna and there was balarama who carried the howdah for 14 years and prior to him there was drona who uh, was was the howdah elephant for 18 years so there is always dasaras always been you know this this it's not just the palace elephants but eventually over the years it's also the elephants that are part of the larger karnataka state uh, forest department that has been participating for many many years it's not a recent development but has been happening for many decades now where there have been this really prominent elephants uh, that have taken turns to carry the howdah of course uh, many years ago when mysore was the princely state all the elephants were in the control of the princely state itself and where the king would really uh, be atop this elephant now it's just the uh, idol of uh, goddess chamundeshwari and in the absence of the king but largely the welfare and of course the management of elephants comes under the ambit of the karnataka forest department uh, uh, since many many years now at least as since the time as uh, the the wildlife protection act has come in there has been there have been clearly defined uh, laws and regulations uh, both for captive and wild elephants right so this has been uh, something which has been happening for a long time now as you said now coming to abhimanyu again uh, specifically now this golden howdah which this uh, elephant carries is about 750 kg and you also mentioned earlier that abhimanyu began its uh, what should i say working life hauling timber which was also you know heavy load carrying kind of a job it had to do now this 750 kg golden howdah um, and i i don't know how much an elephant weighs maybe 750 itself uh, is with is its own weight but is this within the natural carrying capacity of an elephant or is it like unnaturally heavy loading and if it is what impact uh, does it have on the elephant's well being yeah so uh, you know uh, a large male like abhimanyu he weighs uh, more than 5 tons uh, and with the dasara uh, with the special food he definitely gains weight he is uh, more than 5000 kg but uh, elephants are not designed to carry uh, really heavy loads on their backs uh, 750 kg is definitely uh, very heavy even for an elephant well uh, it when when you uh, when you look at it from the animal's perspective it's definitely questionable whether putting this kind of heavy weight is fair but but looking at the history of it uh, it's always a very difficult topic to discuss um, how do you celebrate festivals in keeping animal welfare as the central focus that balance is always uh, difficult to achieve we'll always have a lot of uh you know questions or arguments and things like that but if you look at the animal's perspective definitely elephants are not designed to carry uh, such heavy loads their backs are definitely not it does impact them uh but if you look at the mahuts itself it's a matter of pride uh, if if a mahut of an elephant uh, if 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 his elephant is chosen to uh, you know carry the howdah it's a great moment of pride for the mahut so in my interactions with these mahuts um uh, they always see this as the highlight of their own career and their own elephants you know achievement so it's something that is not just 
uh, around an elephant carrying a certain amount of weight it is also so many other things that are linked to it uh, wherein it involves so much of sentiments and the sense of oh uh, my elephant this year has been chosen to carry the howdah so from a mahut's perspective it's it's a moment of pride also so it's not as simple but also has a lot of other things uh, attached to it right i mean you're absolutely right there uh, vinod i think uh, what you're trying to say i mean if i understand it right is it's not always easy to balance uh, the animal rights uh, aspect of things with the religious sentiments which are involved uh, in a religious festival of this kind both needs to be uh, taken into account especially considering that the religious uh, tradition has been uh, going on for centuries now coming back to another aspect of abhimanyu's uh, life I mean, uh, you mentioned earlier that he's also uh, been helping the forest department in capturing other wild elephants. You know, he's been a, as they call a kunki elephant. You know, so how does this work? Like, and are wild elephants captured primarily for putting them to work? Like, what? Why? How does a kunki elephant do what it does? And what is the purpose of uh, us capturing wild elephants? We don't go around capturing other wild animals in the same fashion legally. Right. right uh, so what has happened is a lot of uh, elephant range states across south india or even in the east central landscape there's been a lot of conflict between people and elephants every year it is estimated that about 500 people and more than 100 elephants lose their lives in direct encounters what happens is when there is a loss of human life due to an elephant there is a uh, a lot of public outrage and anger and uh, many times as a response to uh, you know mitigate conflict there are elephants that are captured especially from these high conflict areas uh, in karnataka for example we've historically seen a lot of elephants being captured in um, high conflict areas such as hasan or kur where uh, where i've worked previously and uh, this is more or less a very reactive measure where uh, you know uh, people will really uh, demand action from the state from the government and forest department so most of these elephants are captured uh, in from these you know conflict areas per se as a mitigation measure and then they end up in camps where they are you know put in a kraal for many months and then trained and uh, once their uh, spirit is broken and they are able to uh, listen to the commands of the mahut they are released out of this kraal i'm sorry what is the word you used kraal what is kraal what is a kraal so kraal is like a cell uh, it is it is a it is a cell which houses this captured elephant it's basically a cell made out of wooden bars uh, logs of uh, heavy wood So it's like a jail is it like a jail more or less you could you could say so but what happens is when a, when you capture a wild elephant uh, it is not it does not immediately you know uh, listen to a mahut it's a bond that's established over many many months or sometimes years and for the elephant to start listening to the mahut it does take Uh, a lot of effort so this whole uh, first few months that the elephant spends in a kraal is when the mahut is talking to the animal and slowly starts to interact and over a period of time the elephant realizes that this is the person who uh, he he will listen to he gives him food he treats cares for him tends for him and that is how a bond is established now 
I mean, I'm a lay person. The way I understand the training a wild animal is, I mean, I'm just wondering what you just said. You know, is this picture all there is to it? You know, the mahout uh, gets a wild elephant uh, uh, which comes to him, and then he cares for it, feeds it, and uh, you know, and that is how it starts listening to him. Or is there also a lot of uh, you know harshness involved? I mean, does he beat it so that it listens? Because you can't train a dog, for instance, just by caring for it and feeding it right there is a lot of pain involved in the training process so is this a process without pain for the elephant or is there a lot of cruelty and beating involved necessarily before it becomes as an elephant that listens to them it's a bit of both uh, just uh, if you uh, if you just imagine the fact that a very intelligent animal like elephant is suddenly put into captivity itself is a huge mental uh, you know stress for the elephant right so there there is there is the 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 mental health aspect and of course to get an elephant to listen to you does involve a bit of using force i would say at least in the initial days but once it's trained good mahouts sometimes are able to control their elephants just by commands so it is not always uh, it completely depends on how well the mahout has established his bond with the elephant but yes certainly there is some amount of force that is used uh while the elephant is trained and uh, that's that's definitely something that does happen uh, uh while during the process of training an elephant yes okay and there were also like when i remember while researching this uh, podcast i was reading about some reports which uh, spoke uh, about temple elephants in puducherry for instance developing what is called foot rot because they they have to stand for extended periods of time on wet floors i mean what exactly is foot rot how common is this among tel- temple elephant how serious is it foot rot is very common amongst captive elephants uh, uh, elephants foot i mean they uh, we should remember that all temple elephants are more or less in chains all the time so there are a lot of injuries uh, that happens due to chains and they are standing for an entire day sometimes uh, on uh, concrete floors or when they are in processions they are they are on tarmac tar tarred roads elephants foot uh, foot pads are not designed for such surfaces uh they are you know forest dwelling animals which are not really their foot is not designed for hard concrete or tarmac surfaces and uh, over the years because in captivity hygiene conditions are also something that we need to look at a combination of factors uh, you know leads to foot rot and yes you're right that foot rot is uh, definitely one of the most common uh, you know sort of ailments that we see aside that uh, we do see a lot of gastrointestinal issues in captive elephants uh, many elephants uh, in captivity have face a lot of uh, intestinal issues some uh, one of the most common thing would be cologne impaction which leads to severe constipation so definitely uh, you know veterinary health hygiene uh, and uh, clearly laying down certain best practices for captive elephants uh does require a relook and priority uh as we speak here yeah right i mean apart from this gastro problems you mentioned and foot rot i mean uh, is it also true that uh, most temple elephants sort of develop diabetes and become overweight because devotees i mean they are enthusiastic they love these elephants especially when they come and bless them they they 
end up feeding them huge quantities of jaggery banana and all that i mean is there any kind of oversight like if you go to a zoo or in a wildlife sanctuary they it's very clear that you're not supposed to feed them so is there any kind of an oversight by wildlife experts to ensure that temple elephants get the right kind of food only and from the right people and in the right quantities or are they just getting to eat all kinds of stuff fed by devotees and becoming diabetic and so on no it's definitely a concern uh, uh, sampath uh, the thing is you know ha- that's why having a proper regulation and a guideline and a management practice for captive elephants that can be overseen by veterinarians and experts is important it's very difficult we, i mean we have we'll look at this we have more than 2500 600 captive elephants at the, across the country and we may not have so many vets uh, right so out of these captive elephants how many are uh, temple elephants out of this ca- or all of them in temple elephants or they are they are just captive and living somewhere uh i don't know the breakup but uh, but there are temple elephants and there are uh, captive elephants that are managed by the state across many states karnataka for example has uh, 10 elephant camps the state Uh, managed camps and uh, houses i think nearly about 100 elephants across these camps this is just the uh, camps that are managed by the uh, state government and there are other elephants in captivity in temples so out of the 2500 600 i don't at this point have a clear break up of how many elephants are in are there in temples and how many uh, in the state camps but it's still a large number right what exactly is an elephant camp like how is it different from an elephant in the wild why, why should any elephant be in a camp at all why can't they i mean what is the objective of an elephant camp when temple elephants are in captivity one understands as a reason what is the reason for the captivity life of a camp elephant okay so it's a bunch of reasons uh, one is there are a lot of uh, protected areas like tiger reserves uh, where elephants are used regularly for patrolling uh especially in the northern indian forests uh, if you go to central and northern india uh, uh, where elephants are regularly used for patrolling uh, and then they are used in conflict management where kumki elephants uh, in in southern india for example or many other states uh, trained elephants are taken to chase away wild elephants back into the forest that is another reason and of course uh, to capture other elephants and radio collar elephants they the, the camp elephants are again uh, you know taken and uh, they in these operations uh, these captive elephants participate for example in karnataka abhimanyu if i take him as an example uh, like i was mentioning earlier he's been participating in a lot of these uh, radio collaring combing operations let's say if a tiger is found outside protected areas let's say in a human habitation or coffee estates very difficult for people to go on foot whereas on an elephant back it is easier and uh, you know it's it's also uh, a combination of reasons why captive elephants have been there in state camps from ca- conflict management to patrolling uh, it's a whole bunch of reasons depending on the area right so vinod uh, some years back uh, a report by the tamil nadu government recommended that all temple elephants be kept in one location so that they are able to interact with their kind and be taken for work only when necessary so is this uh, a, a realistic uh, uh, approach and has there been any attempt to implement this because one of the big concerns about temple elephants is that they sort of they are in solitary confinement as it were uh, from uh, from other other elephants 
So uh, every year uh, there is a 48-day uh, rejuvenation camp uh, that has been happening in Tamil Nadu for many years. Uh, if I remember, it was an initiative that was started by uh, the late uh, Jailalitha, uh, where for for 48 days uh, all the elephants from different temples across Tamil Nadu are uh, cared for, attended to. Any veterinary concerns were addressed by. Uh, you know, good qualified vets, and if they had any red flags in terms of the health, that would be identified. And uh, you know, mahouts would also be trained in how to positively, you know, uh, use positive enforcement uh, reinforcement methods to interact with elephants. So it's a it's a great idea. It's a novel thought that has been happening in Tamil Nadu, but largely it's it's a it happens for a few days annually. Uh, and and for the rest of the year, the, the elephants go back to their temples. And you're absolutely right. Elephants are social animals. Uh, they, they have complex social interactions when they're in the wild. And uh, temple elephants are largely solitary and lack any, uh, you know, interaction with, uh, you know, other elephants. And at least this, uh, you know, uh, uh, this camp will ensure that for at least those few days, they're able to interact. So it's a step in the right direction, but uh, it can definitely, you know, uh, be given more prominence because captive elephant management does lack a lot of, uh, it does have a lot of key gaps and definitely needs a relook, I, in, in my opinion. Right. I mean, it is living most of the, spending most of the days in some kind of a solitary existence is one uh, concern. The other thing which you referred to briefly earlier, Vinod, was that temple elephants spend most of the day chained. I mean, uh, can you talk a little bit about that living condition? Isn't it against, isn't it like a violation of Prevention of Cruelty Act uh, to have an elephant chained for most of the day? Again, it, it comes back to the fact that do we need elephants in temples, right? I mean, it, it, my, that, that should be the primary question is, yes, it has historically been probably a practice of having temp elephants in temples. But in today's day and age, I think it really needs to go down to the question is, do we really need elephants in temples and that to in conditions where they are chained all day? Uh, it affects them physically, it affects them mentally. A lot of elephants, I, uh, it's very common to see elephants bobbing their head continuously in temples, especially in captivity. It's uh, They show stereotypical behavior due to stress. So definitely it's a, it's a larger question that needs to be addressed, but it only gets tricky because there is so much of uh, culture, tradition and uh, historical beliefs involved. Now, how do we balance these things is something that's always been a challenge. Uh, uh, Kerala is definitely one example, I would say, that has been very vocal from both perspectives. And there have been cases in court questioning um, whether we need to have elephants. But that is uh, something that uh, is, a, is a very complex question. But I do see some amount of change that's slowly trickling in. One positive example I would see is uh, it was very popular across many newspapers. I'm sure you might have come across is this uh, mechanical elephant, uh, which which is the exact size of an actual living elephant that is now started to being used in temples. It's definitely a step in the right direction where 
you just need a representation of an actual elephant and not the elephant itself i think there are people there are conversations definitely happening but uh, we need to put it into a legal framework to uh, you know kind of give it a structure and some form i would say from the conversations to uh, more in a in a legal sense would be great i think a direction in in that direction it would be great yeah right i mean this mechanical elephant is definitely a promising uh, development in this context especially with regard to animal rights and cruelty related uh, questions now one last question we know before we let you go uh, so the typical response uh, to what shall, I, shall we say a negative human elephant interaction you know resulting in death or whatever the typical response to that as you've said earlier also is the capture of the animal so are there other possibilities here even in the in the context of temple elephant which we have been exploring are there other possibilities to these uh, human elephant conflict that sort of prioritizes coexistence over capture well uh, i would be very careful while using the word coexistence uh, it is something in my experience that i it's it's wrong to use the word very lightly because it has so many layers uh, to it yes definitely one of the concerns is whether capture is really helping mitigate conflict i'm afraid that is uh, that may not be entirely true but measures should be taken i mean with large mammals like elephants which range for few thousands of square kilometers habitats are really important uh, i think to manage Uh, any conflict situation between large and thinking animals like elephants we definitely need to have habitats but unfortunately in in our country we don't have the luxury of space there have been areas where people and elephants interact every on an everyday basis there's been a lot of human fatalities a lot of loss of livelihood there are telling human stories and the impacts of conflict that people are facing is immense at the same time we seem to be every over the years losing you know prime elephant habitats to a lot of development projects linear intrusions like uh, railways highways and things like that so while efforts are made on ground to uh, manage conflict that's the only way forward where we can manage conflict and cannot bring it down to zero we cannot have an area where the conflict can come down to zero but it can be managed in a way that people and elephants are able to share spaces with limited damage while on the other hand on the larger level we also really need to think at how best we can ensure that the existing habitats the elephant corridors there is some amount of connectivity between these habitats are intact so it has to be like a multi pronged sort of an approach to uh, mitigate conflict where there are efforts on the ground and parallelly there are efforts on the larger uh, policy as well where we ensure that at least the remaining habitats are uh, you know kind of safeguarded uh, and not you know taken away uh, for other non forestry purposes right i mean we definitely do need a multi pronged approach both to manage uh, human uh... animal conflict in this case and also maybe a greater amount of oversight from conservationists in the way captive elephants are uh, treated and handled through their uh, lifespan thank you so much vinod for sharing your thoughts and observations on this uh, very interesting subject pleasure talking to you thank you
Thank you so much. Same here. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.